Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Nu närmare sig hörni. Holy craps retreat. Äntligen är det dags med våra healing retreats som återkommer varje år och detta år är vi lite extra taggade för vi kommer faktiskt att erbjuda ett retreat i Portugal där jag sitter nu. Ja och det är inte vilken plats som helst än den här platsen. Jag är bara än så länge sätter på bilder men vi ska ju faktiskt åka dit tillsammans snart. Och den ser helt magisk ut. Ja. Nej, men jag kan känna in känslan av att bara gå runt på den här platsen och allt vi kommer jobba med och nej, men, alla uh, fina möten och nej. Den kommer hålla, det känns som att det kommer liksom, känslorna kommer kunna bara rinna ut i den här vackra jorden och det kommer vara varma poolbad och det kommer vara, det kommer vara som en ljuvdröm. Ja, själva healingrummet där vi kommer ha klasserna har väl jättehögt i tak så det kommer finnas rum för så mycket expansion och växande i den här liksom underbara salen och... Nej, men var, alltså varje gång jag tänker på det här retreatet så pirrar det i hela. hela ja, tiden. jag känner samma. Ja, det är så otroligt kul. Så... Man känner energin. Man bara... ja, jag vet, jag vet. Life force is flowing. Okej, okay, men detta datumet är 29 augusti till 1 september. Det är fyra dagar av ljuv, Portugal, luft och magi. Och sen två veckor senare, den 12 september till 15 september så ses vi hemma. På underbara bäddar och ängar på Österlen för vår tredje omgång där. Och där har ni säkert sett och hört. Och det känns ju bara så hem. Alltså det känns verkligen som att komma hem. Ja. Alltså där, vi känner liksom väggarna, vi känner hela auran, själen av bäddar och ängar. Och det öppnar också upp för ett väldigt tryggt och hållande och kärleksfullt space. Och vi kommer ju ha med oss våra... Fina food geeks även denna gången. Mm. Så in och spana in på holocrapco.com för att läsa mer om de här två fantastiska retreatsen. Så ses vi i sommar! Hej och välkommen till ett nytt avsnitt av Holy Crap Podcast med mig Amanda. Och mig Matilda. I den här podden så pratar vi om ämnen inom spiritualitet, självutveckling och holistisk hälsa. Både med intressanta gäster och i mer personliga solavsnitt. Och här i Holy Crap så utforskar vi en värld som får oss att se på livet med nya ögon. Och hjälper oss att ta tillbaka till vår sanning. Utöver podden så har vi också vår Instagram, Holy Crap Podcast, där du dagligen får en inspirerande dos av spiritualitet och hälsa. Och sen får du inte glömma att gå med i vårt växande community, Holy Crap Community. Den här veckan så är det mig, Matilda, som ni kommer få dras med idag. Amanda är fortfarande på sin lilla baby moon. Så intervjuerna under sommaren är 
är inspelade antingen i förhand eller så är det jag som håller intervjuerna. Och vi tänker att vi båda ska vara tillbaka i full speed från september. Så då kommer nya färska intervjuer. Den här veckan så har jag träffat Camilla Alkvist som är grundare av ett träningskoncept som heter The Practice. Hon är också holistisk kock och yogalärare och en inspiratör på många sätt. The Practice är baserat på ett superhypat träningskoncept från New York som heter The Class. Och det är ett holistiskt träningskoncept för kropp, sinne och själ. När vi spelade in det här så hade vi precis gjort ett av hennes The Practice-pass och det var en väldigt bra introduktion till intervjun. Det var så himla härligt och de här, det här träningskonceptet är väldigt, väldigt speciellt. Det innehåller både dans och mindfulness och liksom man gör övningar väldigt, väldigt länge vilket gör att man kommer i ett väldigt, vad ska man säga, ett väldigt fokuserat tillstånd som verkligen får en att liksom kunna släppa på väldigt mycket känslor. Och, ja, det är fantastiskt. Men i den här intervjun så pratar vi också om Camillas resa som ju är en väldigt stor anledning till att hon vill nu sprida det här, det här konceptet. Och hon är ju verkligen en, ja hon har varit med om väldigt, väldigt mycket i livet. När vi satt oss så visste inte jag så mycket om hennes liv faktiskt. Jag hade hört att hon har en spännande historia och att hon är en väldigt spännande person men ja, det var verkligen en ödmjukande upplevelse att höra hennes livsberättelse. Hennes mamma gick bort nu av 14 år och sen efter det så har hon själv gått igenom cancer hon har gått igenom processen med ett sjukt barn hennes pappa gick bort och det har varit mycket sorg och smärta. Men Camilla har inte bara valt att överleva alla de här fruktansvärda händelserna utan hon har också valt att göra det här till någonting som ska hjälpa andra människor. Där hon är en fantastisk inspiratör och förebild för hur man kan liksom ställa sig upp och komma tillbaka starkare när fruktansvärda saker händer. Ibland så känner man så här, undra om universum har valt vissa väldigt, väldigt, väldigt starka själar till att vara med om den här typen av händelser. För att Camilla är verkligen ett exempel på en person som bara idag utstrålar kärlek och trygghet och ja, men bara lyser. Men jag hoppas att ni tycker om den här intervjun lika mycket som jag. Det blev ett väldigt intimt och fint samtal. Camilla kommer prata engelska. Hon är ju uppvuxen i hela världen och bott i New York i många år. Och jag kommer prata svenska. Så att, ja, det blir en liten mix av alltihop. Men hennes engelska är väldigt, väldigt lätt att förstå. Skriv till oss gärna på Holy Crap på podcast på Instagram och berätta vad ni tycker om intervjun. Och sen hoppas jag att ni har en underbar sommar. Så hörs vi av nästa vecka. Puss och kram. Välkommen till Holy Crap, Camilla. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super honored. Vi har ju precis av, liksom, kommer ifrån en av dina fantastiska klasser i The Practice. Så att vi sitter jag sitter här efter svettas. <laughs> uh, det är en väldigt varm dag. Och uh, känner... Det var en tjej som sa i klassen att så här, nu är alla mina chakran lined. Det är ju en helt otrolig klass. 
Och att få sitta här och ha en intervju med dig efteråt känns ju bara så liksom, meant to be och som att man är i en, liksom, en liten container av mm. kärlek. Mm. Oh, like complete openness and just like oh that feeling that really like I was sort of saying in class you leave and you feel like anything is possible you can mm-hmm. go do anything everything is within your reach mm-hmm. it, it, you have this invincible power mm-hmm. um, and it's so exciting to just be sitting here and being able to talk about all of this stuff mm-hmm. I mean it's uh, it's kind of amazing mm-hmm. and the more people we can get to feel like this and go out in the world and do their thing I don't know that's mm-hmm. where the magic is verkligen mm-hmm. Eh, och vi sa precis till varandra också att så här, vi vet ju ingenting. Jag vet ju, jag vet ju <laughs> ingenting om dig. Och det här är den här intervjun. Jag fick eh, liksom, ditt namn rekommenderat av en gemensam kompis, Marie, doktor Marie Jäschagen. Och eh, jag bara fick en känsla av att eh, vi skulle prata. Och också för er som undrar vart Amanda är så är ju hon hemma med sin bebis som fyller en månad idag. Så att det är du och jag. Det känns jättehärligt. Men kan du inte börja att berätta om The Practice? Ja, så var det en start? Jag känner att The Practice har varit hållande min hela liv. So I was previously living in New York. I've been living there for 15, 20 years. And at that point, I was living a very mainstream life. I had a big job at Connie Nast. I was doing event marketing. I was doing all the really cool things with branding and events and all the stuff and lived in a wonderful community of friends and thought I was living like the glamorous, amazing life and whatnot. Um, the fact that I would sometimes lock myself in the bathroom at work and cry or have panic attacks or feel completely burnt out, I just kind of thought was normal. And I'm someone who's gone through a lot of crazy shit. I had 27, uh, when I was 27, I had breast cancer um, and had to go through chemotherapy and a double mastectomy. They told me I wasn't going to be able to have kids. And so I had to go through a round of IVF to have embryos and eggs frozen. Um, so after that, you kind of feel like, okay, I'm pretty invincible. I, I know what to do when trauma hits and when crisis hits. Um, That period was really difficult because I had lost my mother to breast cancer when I was 14. So, you know, having to go through the loss and the death of a parent when you're that young and then having the same disease and then having to kind of battle with that dark night of the soul of like, okay, well, what is the meaning of life and what do I really want to do with my time here? I just kind of felt like, okay, I'm prepared for anything that happens. So, um, lo and behold, I met my... uh, now ex-husband but then husband we got married we were able to have a child which was unbelievable um and then i got pregnant with our second child and right before he was born we found out he was going to have um be born with a diaphragmatic hernia which well, meant so that's a hole in your diaphragm mm. in swedish it's diaphragma brok mm. and it uh, meant that he had about a 50 chance of surviving So we moved to Philadelphia, um, where there's a children's hospital where he was going to be born under very special considerations and have surgery if he made it and then whatnot. So he was born. He got through that first surgery. We were able to come back to New York. Then we found out he had to have a second and then a third surgery. And, you know, all of a sudden he would turn blue in the face and we would jump in an ambulance and we basically lived in this hospital and we came back and forth. And so that year was really difficult. On top of that, my father, who's then my only living, you know, mm. parent, um, is diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Mm. <laughs> 
not a smoker. Uh, stage four, which basically meant it's palliative care, is just care to kind of keep him living for as long as possible under comfortable conditions. And he lived in Miami. So with my, you know, toddler, my sick baby, my sick father traveling between New York and Miami. Um, Anu and the bonnet. No, so I have an older brother. Um, and he lived in Connecticut with his wife and three kids. So they have their hands full. He had a, he has a really big job, so he does a lot of traveling. Um, and since I was sort of taking this year off with my son to take care of him, I had more flexibility to go down to Miami and be with my father. So... All of this stuff is happening. You know, we segue out of that year. My father passes. So this is 2014 is when Sixten was born in November. And I think my father passed away 2016. Yeah, it's pretty recent. Mm. And when my father passed away and Sixten was starting to get better, I was just full of rage and hopelessly alone and just didn't know what to do and which was really unfamiliar because I'm like no but I know what to do in moments of crisis I've beaten cancer and I've gotten through it and you just you know the Swedish like beat the hoop tendon and just keep moving and keep doing and keep working and pretend everything's fine and and I just broke down uh one day I yelled at my then two-year-old in a way that it was just like okay this is not okay and my best friend was like you need to go see a therapist and work through your grief So I went to this wonderful woman, Michelle, which I felt like was taking care of the psychological and the mental and the intellectual part. Mm. Um, but it wasn't until one day I stepped into the class in New York, which is taught by Taryn Toomey, and it was upstairs at the Bandier studio. So there's like 80 or 100 people with their mats rolled out. The class on my heart... It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. She's amazing. This exercise method is just phenomenal. And I walked in and I loved the music. It was like Cranberries and U2 and the Beastie Boys and just the music of like my generation. Mm. And we were doing jumping jacks and burpees, so things that are accessible to everybody. Kom du dit för att du ville träna eller kom du dit för att du ville ha liksom en mer soulful I had no idea what I was walking into. Mm. Someone had just been like, oh, I'm doing this thing called the class. You want to try it one day? I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Mm. The funny thing was, I had always kind of been a runner. I danced a lot all throughout my life. And after Sixten, who was my, the baby who was born in 2014, Mm. when he was born, I couldn't run anymore. I would go out running and it just didn't feel good in my body. And I hadn't really kind of figured out what my movement was going to be. And I'd kind of done nothing um, that year, like postpartum and then with my father. And so I was just Mm. kind of like, I had all of this stuff stuck in the body. And um, Taryn does this thing called heart opening, which is like you move your arms forward and back. And what it really does is it releases all the emotional tension in your shoulders. That's right. Oh. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of grief and betrayal that is actually like energetically stuck in the muscles of your shoulders. And so as you're moving through it, you're allowing your body to shift that emotion out. Um, so it's an incredibly healing practice. And... Um, it actually comes from an old Sufi tradition where they have this sort of illustration of a heart with wings. Mm-hmm. And so the wings are sort of beating the heart. Um, Why Sufi? Um, it's an old uh, religion um, uh-huh. and a sort of a yogic practice mm. and philosophy. Mm. Um, and Caroline Miss wrote a book about charge and electric charge in the body and how to dispel it and discharge which is a lot of what I take into the practice. Um, and she talks about this Sufi tradition of it and then i kind of just kopplade uh, together mm-hmm. with this heart opening um, that Taryn has created. And when I walked into that class, 
I was doing that heart opening and I just sobbed, oh. like cried and cried and cried mm. and cried. And once that was over, we went right into Shavasana. And I remember thinking, oh, there was just such relief in the body. There had been such a release. And I realized, oh, I just, I do. I have a lot of this grief that I'm trying to work through with my therapist by talking about it. By this, But this is more like grief in the body that needs to be expelled. Um, so I started going four times a week for a couple of years. Um, and I really felt like it was the gateway drug that got me into yoga, that got me interested in kundalini yoga, into more healing modalities. And in New York, they have everything. So like, you name it, I've tried it. You know, mm. shamanic healings, energy working, chakra alignment, like mm. all of it. Had you tested it innan? Eller det kom, för kan man säga att The Class blev som ett awakening? The Class was my awakening. It was the opening of like, oh, this is what it means that your mind, body and spirit are actually connected. Because otherwise, we most of us live like from our heads, right? From our necks up. And then our bodies are these like disconnected things that we kind of lug around. And we focus more about like, do they look good? Can I fit in these jeans? Like, am I attractive in this? And we really forget about like, well, how do I actually feel? Do I feel alive? Do I feel strong? Do I feel vibrant? Do I feel vital? Do I feel beautiful? Am I like out in the world to like feel it? No, most of us are walking around really busy, really preoccupied, living in these little stories that we're regurgitating in our minds. And like being very preoccupied and obsessed um, and forgetting how it is all really connected and how we're spiritually connected to something greater um, outside of ourselves and beyond ourselves. Mm. So that was the big awakening and that's what led mm. into all of the other practices. Um, och kan berätta lite mer om vad uh, the practice som du är byggt på, mm-hmm. the class. Vad är, vad går det ut på eller hur funkar det? Eller liksom, vad innehåller det? So my biggest thing with the practice is it's very much based on what are you practicing to make yourself feel better, mm-hmm. right? We all walk around with the way that we've learned to operate in the world, right? And it's based on our culture, it's based on our parents, it's based on our schooling, what we've learned from friends and like the way that we've built our epistemic like our knowledge of the world, like how we think we're supposed to operate. And we're just kind of going on that track until something happens like a trauma or an awakening or something that's like, wait, hold on. How do you know what you know is true? How do you know that that's all there is? Isn't this just like a little box that you invented for yourself that you've been living in? And that's great. If that's how your life looks and that works for you, perfect. But for some of us, we either outgrow that box or something happens that we're like, okay, that isn't working for me anymore. I'm getting too angry. I'm too upset. I'm getting depressed. There's just, I need more meaning. Like whatever it is, you realize you need to start looking outside or you think you need to start looking outside of yourself. And so you start learning about other ways of thinking, learning about other ways of practicing. And some of that stuff you need to practice. Like you need to practice a new way of thinking. You need to practice a new way of understanding a situation, questioning it for yourself. You have to understand how is it that I'm approaching this? Is this mine to hold? Is this my responsibility? Why am I reacting this way? And that conversation is sometimes difficult to have just in your mind, right? Because so much of our experiences are trapped in the body. It's in the actual like cellular biological structures of our tissues and of our bodies, right? We have an original trauma. We decide we never want to feel that way again. So we completely block ourselves off and that energy is closed off and we like repress it and revert it somewhere deep inside our bodies and try to keep going. 
But until we unearth that and until we move it and shift it out through the body, we're still going to hold on to it. We're still going to carry it. Um, so somewhere that stuff needs to be cleared on out, which is where the work of Caroline Miss is so exciting because it's about v- discharging it out of the body, allowing yourself to open up the pathways to release it. And that is a physical practice. And then the mental practice that goes along with it is recognizing, oh, there's that thought again. There's that belief again. There's that habit. There's that pattern. Oh, I want to break that. So the practice is the awareness of that. And then basically training your physical strength and your practice to recognize it, to have an awareness of it, and then directing your choice so that you can choose a different direction for yourself if that's what you want. Because ultimately, your world is what, you th- what you've created inside Absolutely. of your head. Mm-hmm. So if you want to change the direction of a conversation that you're having with a loved one, if you want to change the, rap- like the rapport you're having with your partner, you want to change the direction you're taking your business, and you want to change the way that you are with your children to be more present, that takes active present presence and thought. Du kan bara ändra dig själv. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this preoccupation that we can get into this loop, right? Like something can happen and all of a sudden you're like, oh God, it's because I did this and I should have said that and I didn't do that. And Then all of a sudden that coalesces into this huge thing and spills out over your life and then something happens and you're just like reacting. Well, I'm in this practice, you kind of learn to catch yourself in that moment. You're like, oh, hold on, there's that story. Ooh, do I want to keep believing this or not? No, let me pull myself back a little bit. Let me take a breath. Let me sit with this. Sometimes it takes a minute. Sometimes it takes several days. And then after that process, be like, okay, no, I want to bring a different energy into this. I want to bring a different part of myself. And I want to have a different conversation. And when you can do that in moments of chaos or in moments of like disruption and tension, then that's when you have sort of that self-mastery that you have been practicing and training towards so that you can open up a totally different experience for yourself and your loved ones and the people that are in your life. And then that, I feel like, ripples out across, you know, your entire sphere to create a little more calm and stability and peacefulness and contentment and joy and more space to create because that's what I actually think we're all here to do is like Well, do you imagine that chanslan jag har gjort det här två gånger mm. nu och det är verkligen den känslan man går härifrån med det är, alltså man känner ju att man är i, i alignment helt mm. enkelt och det är då man också liksom vet vad man vill mm. kan ta kloka beslut kan ha det här spacet mellan tanke och handling mm. och det är ju för er som kanske behöver förstå lite mer visuellt så, handl- så är det ju både high intensity workout, vi, det är både liksom flås men det är också styrka. Och vad som är intressant är att man gör varje övning länge. Mm. Eh, lite för länge ibland kan man känna. <laughs> There's a repetition to it and that's what gets the mind going where you're like, oh, okay, what do I do now? Do I just want to check out? Uh. Do I just want to disengage? What's the, what's my go-to? Where does my mind detour to when it gets hard? Um, so in the class, they say a lot about uh, tolerate the discomfort. Oh. In yoga, they say feel into the edges of your experience. Um, and we practice that. It's like, and for me, it's also about like, okay, ride that impulse. What is your first go-to impulse? Your impulse is that you want to like stop. You want to quit. You want to say something hateful. You want to blame someone else or you're always the victim or whatever the story is. In that impulse, just notice it, ride out that emotion, allow that charge out of the body so you can get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, hmm, 
That's why I feel like whenever you get angry, you should just stand and like, we do this really fun modern Kundalini move. I don't know if we did it last time, but it's, you beat your chest and then you beat the oh, floor and then you beat your thighs. Fantastic. And so we incorporate a little bit of Kundalini. We incorporate a little bit of self-practice. We incorporate a little bit of Hatha yoga. It's mm-hmm. like a, a mix and a blend. Um, but that is really to like dispel the charge. And it's also to create a new signal in the body, which then actually relates to like neuroplasticity in the brain of like creating these new neural pathways that allows you to create new habits for yourself Uh. that you then can rest and rely on as opposed to like constantly having to do all of that mental work and that heavy lift of like, okay, there's a problem. What do I do with it? Tror du att man kan uppnå... Liksom, tror du att man kan släppa alla de här blockeringarna utan att ha fysisk utan att fysiskt liksom no. nej I really bara don't. genom att gå i terapi eller bara genom att göra en spirituell liksom, äh, men, resa utan det här fysiska I think each of it has its part so I'm a big proponent and supporter of all of it I think we are made up of all of these parts um, I'm someone who lives very much in the intellectual world I've read a lot of history and philosophy and religion I did my masters in art history like tvilling. yes yes första gången jag var på din klass för två veckor sedan jag bara måste vara tvilling du är så tvilling på alla sätt du är både lång och otroligt kommunikativ och hela ja Och sen såg jag det, att du fyller år här ibland. Ja, total Gemini. That's it. Thank you. Så det är mycket mind. Så I love living in the mind, and I think words have so much power, and I think that reading stuff can be so inspiring, and I think having that philosophical, psychological conversation, it does help you to tease things out. But we are also, like, of the animal genus, right? We are these biological creatures, and... There's an example of the gazelle when it's been hunted. What the gazelle does when after it's been hunted and it has come into a calm space, it shakes. Oh. It shakes off the electrical charge that has been built up in the body. So to release it to be able to kind of keep going. We humans do not ever learn to shake. We never learn to like just let it release and go. We keep it repressed, we keep it held. We when we cry, have you ever cried in front of another person? Absolut. What's the first thing you do though? You're kind of like you like pull in and you try to hide that you're crying mm. and you're embarrassed for the other person that they have to witness you. Jag måste inte inte liksom som man egentligen vill. Yeah. Man vill ju skaka ur sig det. And sometimes you want to yell it out and sometimes oh. you want to rage and sometimes mm. you're just you know, there's yeah, there's a lot of things that the body wants to do that we don't do no. because we are embarrassed or we're not shown that we can or it just feels completely unnatural when really it's the most natural thing in the world and so I think we need both parts. Mm, intressant. Men um, om vi går tillbaka lite till det var ju som att du drog din live story nu på mm. en minut och <laughs> känner att vi, vi måste gå tillbaka här. Mm. Um, Din mamma gick bort när du var 14. Mm. Vad, hur, vad hände i dig då? Mm. Mm. Kommer du ihåg? Ja, yeah, no, I do. Um, 
up until that point, I felt like we had this very cohesive family. Um, my mom and I were incredibly close. She was this larger than life personality, um, really easy for laughter, incredibly generous with herself, a really big personality, loved to entertain through a lot of parties. Um, you say it also, do I Svenskefeller? Yes, so uh, both my parents are Swedish, uh, but I've never lived here before. Nej. It's a little bit odd. My parents left in the 70s. They lived in Brazil moved to Venezuela, which is where I was born. Then we moved to Peru. Then we moved to Thailand. We moved to Miami when I started high school, or right when I was 14, which is right when my mom passed. And then I went to college in Pennsylvania and then moved to New York the day I graduated. So you flyttade to USA när du var tonåring? So innan dess hade du inte bott i USA, eller? Men då har du gått till internationella skolor. Okej. Men oj. Så det är också intressant. Så det var de lilla fyra av oss. Det var som vår lilla unit av en familj. Traveling around the world, kind of making it up as we go along, and according to our rules, how we wanted to live. Um, han, när, man flytt, när du flyttade så mycket var det att du, han du skapa, liksom han du yeah. rotade i de här länderna. No, not at all. Um, and that's one of the things that I look at for a lot of the, my friends that I've met now in Sweden. They've grown up on the same street. They've had the same group of friends since they were kids. There is so much stability and security and groundedness and rootedness in that experience that I'm completely jealous of. Mm. Um, because my life was completely uprooted and disjointed and we were all over the place and... My parents lived like the expat life. There was a lot of alcoholism. There was a lot of, you know, crazy experiences. And it was fun and exciting and wild and wonderful. But the backlash of that is like, yeah, okay, you might feel at home anywhere in the world, but you also don't belong to anywhere in the world. You don't have anyone who's been with you your whole lifetime. There's no one that knows your whole story. Um, You can feel a little lost in all of that. Har du fortfarande kvar vänner i de här olika ställena eller no. nej för du var så ung då. Mm-hmm. Mm. My real I have to say like the, the place where I landed where I felt the most at home was New York. Uh. Um, I have a couple great friends from college. I have a couple great friends from high school. Det var i Miami. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then college was in Pennsylvania in this really small liberal arts college um, called Bucknell which is Yeah, that was an interesting. We live next to the Amish. It's a very interesting experience. <laughs> Men så dina föräldrar flyttade från Miami till Pennsylvania. No, only I did because okay. of college. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's a four-year university. And then after that, I got into the car, moved to New York, got my first job at Kanye West at Allure, which was a beauty magazine. Mm. And then I hopped over to Harper's Bazaar. And then I moved from Harper's Bazaar back to Kanye West to Gourmet magazines. So it was like all chefs. Um, I handled all of the drinking and driving accounts, um, so like BMW, Range Rover, Volkswagen, all of those things, and then like Absolute Vodka, Raika Vodka, um, Hendrix Gin, like all of those. And so my whole life was about like partying and dinners and going out and, you know, that whole part. Um, very mainstream, very like corporately entrenched in mm. what that life looked like. Um, Men om vi går tillbaka till liksom, när du var tonåring där och mm. ni var den här fyran och mm. kände väl otroligt trygghet då i familjen mm. antagligen. Och sen så att hon försvinner. Vad hände med familjen då? Hur blev liksom mer dynamik? So my brother had already started um, college. So he was already in college which meant I was in Miami by myself. Um, my mom passed away a few days after my birthday, so she passed away July 5th. And then... She had been sick with breast cancer for like two or three years, yeah. Mm. And that was hard because we were so enmeshed. So I would help her with her medication, I would help give her injections, I was writing her letters home, like, Sista brevet hem. 
And I was like, I'm done with this. And then I gave it to my brother. And then he was like, I can't believe I have to do this. I'm done with this. Um, and then I think when, right when she passed, you have a little moment of like, huh, what happens now? Mm. Okay, well, we'll just keep going and doing what we do. And then we came to Sweden. Um, she, we had her uh, big evening here in Sweden in uh. Göteborg. And then that summer, my father met someone. And she moved into our family house in Miami before Christmas or right around Christmas. And we did not get along. Um, Hon flyttade in direkt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was a tumultuous couple of years. High school was tumultuous. Plus, it was Miami. You have a car. You're 15. There's the nightclub scene. Like, oh, God, uh, yeah. Mm. Messy. Fun and interesting. Hur var det att flytta till USA efter att ha bott i alla de här olika? För jag tänker att det måste så otroligt mycket. Eller så var ni var ju för sig en expat-culture. Mm. Men stor... Liksom, var det en stor yeah, We were so used to moving that I don't remember that it was... Um, but I do remember the feeling of coming to New York when I was an intern, when I was like 18, you know, starting out in college and working there in the summers and just feeling like, oh, I love this place. Mm. I love this place. Anybody can go do anything here. You can be whoever you want. There's so much op- uh, like openness and there's so many opportunities. Um, and it was so glamorous and it's so full of life and pulsing and beating. And it's just like, oh, you know, that like New York feeling is just... Such a cool thing to be a part of. Ja. Mm. Och um, så sen bodde du i New York och sen så var det du bodde där när du sen fick bröstcancer där. Mm-hmm. Ja. Hade du träffat din mm-hmm. man? We had just met. Yeah. Okej. Okay. Och hur, hur var det? He was amazing. Um, I wasn't so surprised that I was going to have breast cancer. I was kind of like, okay, my grandmother died of ovarian cancer. My mother has breast, has had breast cancer. I'll probably get it too. Okay. Um, but I kind of figured I'd have it later in life. I did not expect to be diagnosed with it at 27. Mm. Um, I mean, I felt like I was such a kid. Um, yeah, my... Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the double mastectomy and being bald and chemotherapy and then ending up in the hospital and having spinal taps. Like, it's just, you know, it was a year of a a lot of, you know, invasive stuff in the body, Um, which really started my whole path of like, okay, what am I eating? How do I feel? Mm. Like... You know, had you not even think about not at all. No, prior prior to that, I drank cokes and I eat pizza uh, and I had all processed food and uh, like all these things that today are not part of my my living holistically at all. Var blev var det någonsin att du trodde att du skulle att det skulle att det var riktigt allvarligt bröstcancer? I mean, I was stage 2B when they when they staged it and they say that breast cancer for younger people is more aggressive because we have faster cell, cellular replication. Um So it wasn't stage four, but it wasn't also, you know, they, they, it was pretty serious. So, yeah, no, I, I, that's when I had that night, like the dark night of the soul where it's like, okay, well, what is it that we're walking around and doing with our lives? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that gives us meaning? What is it that makes this make sense? Um, and that took a, took a little while to kind of process through, but I, it did make me feel like, okay, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of th- this being the end. Um, but if I'm going to make it, I want to make my life worthwhile something. I do want to make something happen where other people can feel better. Mm. Or if they have to go through what I just went through, that they feel supported. Because what was beautiful about being sick 
was how many people showed up, mm. how many people bring food, write cards, drop off presents, come to your house and clean your kitchen, uh, come and sit with you for a little bit, take you out for walks, just give you a call once a week every Saturday and be like, okay, how's everything going today? How are you feeling? Mm. Um, you realize how much wider your net of people in your life is mm. and how this sickness can affect you know, all of us, right? We all know somebody who's been ill. We all know somebody who's battling something. Um, and you show up, you show up for that person. So it, that's what I take away with me. I have never in my life felt more supported, more loved, more present Mm -hmm. with community. And, and I felt like, okay, this is such an incredible thing to witness and to behold. And, you hope that everyone has that moment where they can really tap into the fact that, like, you are so much more supported than you know. Det tycker jag bara när man går igenom kriser att man blir förvånad. Det upplever jag. Det är konstigt att man blir det. Det är väl att det är så sällan det händer någonting som får en att skaka sig om på det där sättet. Men när det väl gör det och man förstår det är en otrolig känsla ju. Mm. Vad fint. Mm. Men var det där var, var det skiftet eller kom skiftet senare? I mean the shift kind of started subsequently right after that um, with the birth of my first son. Well, mm. the, uh, two years, three years later. Mm. Yeah. Um, when he was born, I remember holding him and you know you've just come out of birthing and you're home and you're holding this child, you feel like you've kidnapped him from the hospital. And you're like, and I remember thinking, oh, if I die now, I've given to the world. <laughs> you know, you're just having these like sort of crazy thoughts. But becoming a mother and then caring for this child, um, that's when I started thinking more about like, okay, what are we eating? What do we have around us? What's in? What toxins are in our cleaning materials? What's in our house? You know, how are we going to choose to live? Um, so that was sort of the real beginning of like how to live more holistically and more more aligned and more sustainably and healthier. So we try to eat, you know, organically, no herbicides, no pesticides, whole raised animals. Um, and I believe in a balance in how we eat, that we should eat a little bit of everything. Um, there's no limitations. There's no diet. There's no, like, you know, these crazy calorie counting things. It's it's That gives you such a disservice to your body and where you are and and... Ja, yeah. mm. I could go on about that for a long ja, time. I feel kanske, like we can go on a different ja, tangent. <laughs> vi kommer säkert tillbaka till det för att det är också en del av det du gör idag mm-hmm. som handlar om liksom helheten. Mm. Det handlar inte bara om träningsklasserna mm-hmm. utan det är ju mycket mer än så. Mm-hmm. Men eh, jag tänker att vad i hela den här jag tänker efter din cancer var det att du tog du hjälp, gick du terapi var det liksom för du måste ju haft, det måste ju varit så otroligt mycket som har byggts, byggts upp. Och jag tänker också så mycket som måste komma tillbaks mm. i form av känslor mm. av din mamma. Mm. Som ju gick igenom precis samma sak. Mm. There definitely was. It's so funny. I feel like there's been so many traumas and so many things to get through that I almost can't really remember what that sort of first wave mm. um, really felt like. Mm. But I do remember coming out of it. I, I definitely had help of a therapist in a, in a group during breast cancer at Sloan Kettering because we had a sort of a support group. Um, but it was also very bookended. It was like, okay, you're here for treatment. You, now you're done with treatment. Go live your life. 
And it was like, okay, we're going to go live our lives now. Like, we're just going to keep moving on. Um, okay. Jag tänker alla känslor mm. som man upplever när man är 26. Jag upplever ju 30 mm. och ett halvt. <laughs> Snart 31. Och eh, har ju känt att åren mellan 25 och 30 har ju varit mm. väldigt så här, wild. Ja, yeah. a lot happens. Ja, ah, allt händer på något sätt. Det är som att allting ska sättas på plats. Mm-hmm. Och att då gå igenom något sånt mm. under de här åren. Herregud. Mm. I mean, it was, it was definitely a process because it felt like, okay, I've been doing this life in advertising in New York. Is this what I want to keep on doing? Um, and I had actually just applied to do my master's in London, which I had to defer for a year because I got mm. sick. So when I was done with all of my treatment, I was like, okay, well, I'll pick this up again. And so I did my master's in London i lived there with my boyfriend at the time. After London, we moved to Amsterdam, which is where he had been living previously, and lived there for about a year and a half. And I was lost. I didn't, you know, I was trying to make new friends. I was trying to build a life. I didn't really know if I wanted to go back to advertising. I didn't really know if I was going to keep doing the art history thing. I didn't know if I wanted to work at Christie's. Like, I, everything was sort of open, but I felt very confused, very lost, very like, well, I don't really know. Nothing really feels like... I, I don't know. And then my old boss from Gourmet had just started Architectural Digest. And she's like, we would love someone now with your art background to come back on board. Would you ever move back to New York? And I had the conversation with my boyfriend and we decided that that's where we were going to go. So then we moved back to New York. Mm. And that felt like home. Again, it was just like, okay, oh, here I can breathe and here I can do my thing. Um And it was a great gig because I was a consultant. I could work from home. I had two kids. You know, I could take the summers off. So it was all pretty going, you know, pretty well, let's say. Um, except for the fact then that my dad got sick and Sixten was born and oh. all that stuff happened. And then my he was at my husband at that point and he wanted to come back to Sweden. And he was from Gothenburg. So after about a year of us sort of discussing these options, we ended up moving to Gothenburg. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> jag är ju från Göteborg Ja mm. När du berättade att du flyttade från New York Till Göteborg Så kände jag bara okej Det är skillnad till skillnad That's a big, that's a big difference. But I was so on board for it. I was like, okay, we're going to be our beautiful little family. Uh. Like I'll be, the, I'll get it, you know, a year to kind of figure out what I want to do there. And at that point, you know, I'd been doing all of these crazy things in New York for such a long time. Mm-hmm. I got my teacher training certification. I started teaching, and so I yeah, and I loved it. And mm-hmm. I just when I came to Sweden, I felt like we don't have a lot of tools here yet uh. about what to do when trauma hits when we get you know how we say like all of these things that a lot of my girlfriends were experiencing and yoga is way too far off Mm. it's like way too hippy dippy and you know go to an energy healing forget about it like i don't know what you're talking about and i just felt like okay well that stuff is not approachable for them yet But the stuff that we were doing in the class or the stuff that we're doing in like a vinyasa yoga class, if we could lift some of that out, like the kundalini moves, but maybe pair it to music, like, okay, now we're working with something. And all I want to do is just share the stuff that worked for me, that gave me the awareness and the insight, and that has been the tools that I rely on constantly when things come up and that help me kind of get more aligned with myself and be better and more present for the people in my life. 
Um, and so I just really felt a strong calling ja. to be in service and to help. Mm. Och här finns det ju hur mycket mm. att göra som mm. helst med din mm. bakgrund. Men så ni flyttade till Göteborg. Hur var det flyttare? Hur kändes liksom, var det liksom... <laughs> I'm laughing because it's such a funny experience. I mean, I was actually really excited and gung ho, and I was, you know, there's a lot of nature. It's very beautiful. Um, we, How did you spend your time in Sverige? A little bit in the summers, growing oh. up. Yeah, when I was younger. But then I got on the, you know, New York work schedule. It's 70 hours a week with two weeks vacation. You can't take them at the same time. So mm. my time in Sweden was very limited after that. But then when we had kids, I was here in the summers. Mm. Um, But moving here, starting a life here, finding a job, finding new friends, figuring out where the kids are going to school, figuring out what our daily life looks like, that was that's a challenge. Um, and we were living with my husband and his parents while we were, you know, we did the whole like buy the house with the yard and renovate the house. And then we were going to move in and we did that whole thing. And we moved in. And I think, I don't know, three weeks, four weeks after that, he came up to me and said he didn't want to be married anymore. And that's when I felt my life had completely been napalmed. Um, I've, and that's why I talk about Aliyah you know, sort of in joke, like all these traumas, all these things that have happened, nothing prepared me for this. Like truly nothing. Um, Men hur kan, hur kan han uh, vista det här innan? No, no, no. I think, I think the years of my father being sick and I think Sixten being sick, it, it took a toll on us. Um, And I think moving to Sweden was sort of maybe a last resort that he had kind of hoped that like once we're settled here that things would be better and um and for him they it, it wasn't, right? We maybe had gone too far, maybe it was something that we weren't gonna get over. Um and I just could not believe it because for me one of the grounding values was like, but it's the four of us against the world. That's what I grew up with. It's family and that's the only thing that matters and no matter like what's happening on the day to day, you stick together and it's the four of you. Um, so to kind of get out of that mindset, to get out of that notion, to get out of that box was a lot of work. Um, thankfully I was teaching the practice at that point and, uh, teaching my friends in living rooms, teaching my friends in basements, um, had started at Hagabarat Yatabori. Um, so that part. And then of course I kept, uh, sort of in connection with my therapist from New York that had helped me a lot when my father passed, um, was instrumental, but it was really difficult. I had to rebuild my entire life. I had to, I really had to rebuild my entire life from the ground up. I didn't have that, like the four of us in that family structure to rely on. Um, and the funny thing about it is it is the most befreeing, amazing experience because when everything is shattered mm-hmm. and everything is burnt to the ground and you, you have to start from scratch, you have an entire drawing board to be like, okay. I have no rules. I'm now a divorced 40-year-old <laughs> in Sweden. Like, what do I want my life to look like? Do I want to live in Gothenburg? Mm, it's great when I have the kids. We have a wonderful community there in school and that life I love. I make waffles in the morning and we drive to soccer practice and we have an incredible uh street that we live on with lots of fun neighbors. Like, it really is an idyllic bubble. But when they went and lived with our father, I was like, what the hell am I going to do with myself? Mm. And that's when I started coming up to Stockholm and I got to borrow a friend's apartment here and I just walked around. I'd never been here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just walked around, did, you know, it was completely anonymous, didn't know one street from the next. Men so, du kände att du ville 
att Stockholm det var väl oh, lite it felt like home. Uh, yeah, it felt more like New York. Lite närmare New York. Like art, culture, fashion, things mm. are happening here, tech companies, music, mm. like people are dressed up. You know, there was just a different energy uh. here. And then the beauty of the city, I mean, the architecture here is just phenomenal. Walking around, seeing all the water. There was one moment when I was standing on one of the bridges over one of the islands and thought to myself, this is what's going to heal me. It's being here. Um, and that's how I showed up here. Mm. And so now I live this sort of bi-coastal life, like Gothenburg one week, Stockholm the next. And um, det, låter, det låter härligt, men bara, jag tänker, det som också kommer upp är, eh, vi hade en intervju med Rakel, mm. yogurt. Och det påminner lite, hon är en helt annan story, mm. men vad som är gemensamt för er båda också, som jag tror att väldigt många av våra lyssnare känner igen sig i och folk som är med om mycket svårt i livet är det här när det är som att universum drar undan mattan hela tiden återkommande att det är som att man aldrig får bygga upp den här tryggheten hur mycket man än kämpar utan då är det som att det hela tiden ska och nu låter det som att man skyller på universum eller på vad liksom men men det måste ju vara det måste ju komma en sån känsla av att så här, får jag aldrig bygga den här tryggheten Can I catch a break? Uh, <laughs> Can I ever uh, catch a break? Uh, What, why does this keep happening to mm. me? Right, which unfortunately is like such a victim mentality that we're Absolut, so... Absolut, men det, like, är ju, oh, liksom, yeah. det vore ju... Man är ju bara människa mm. också. Um, och jag tänker att du säkert idag, när du har några månader, liksom ett, ett lite perspektiv på det, mm. kan förstå varför det här sker. Mm. Antagligen för att du ska... Uh, bygga tryggheten i dig själv och förstå att du har allting i dig men det måste vara en otrolig resa att komma dit I mean that's the thing that I think is again kind of coming back a little bit to that mentality and coming back to what we were saying earlier that so many of us are looking outside of ourselves for things when shit happens in our life and it's going to inevitably always right to lesser or greater degrees when that trauma hits It's you can use it as a catalyst for change. You can use it for transformation. You can choose to to do something with it that will help you evolve, so that you can get to a better place. Right? A lot of the times we are stuck in all of these things and we're blocked and we can't move and da da da. We are very comfortable saying like, "Oh, okay, well, poor me, this happened." Oh, ugh, you know, and you kind of get stuck in that. And instead of saying, "Okay, how did how can this happen to me?" How can this happen for me? What is it that this pushes me into? Mm. Um, and I've never felt more empowered, more grounded, more stable, more confident in my own presence, in knowing that I can wholeheartedly rely on myself. Um, I don't need anyone to save me. I don't need anyone to support me. Um, I can find that strength within. And having that knowledge makes everything else very much easier. It it opens up so many other opportunities. It allows life to be incredibly beautiful and open and magnetic and expansive and like back to that sort of sense of wonder and adventure, which is like why we came here. You know, that sort of Berg song. It's like, this is why we came here. We came to this planet to go do extraordinary things, but we get so muddled. We get so preoccupied. We make our lives into these tiny little lanes where we can control and manipulate everything because we're scared or we're acting from fear or there are things that we feel like aren't possible or attainable but that's our completely our own structure in our minds 
So when these traumas happen, when the universe pulls out that rug from underneath you, you have such an opportunity to be like, okay, let's throw the whole thing out the window and like reassess what feels good to me. What is my intuition telling me? Where, what is the direction I want to go in? Now, that happens, you know, not on day one, once your whole life is over, but after a year and a half of processing, of evolving, of learning, of trying to see the brighter side, to trying to see like, okay, what part of me can stand up today? Um, Men jag undrar var du får styrken ifrån? That's a very good question. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is the strength that you truly find within yourself when you have a practice to rely on. Mm. Um, I I rely on my meditation practice. I rely on um, my circle of sisters. I rely on this physical practice. I rely on the magic that happens in the room when we're all collectively in it. Because I know that everyone that has stepped on that mat today or last week all have their own stories, all have their own issues, all have their own things that are happening in their lives. And yet somehow we are all in this room collectively working together for that involvement, for the like that ting, that load to like lessen. And when we feel like, okay, we're supported in here, we've got each other, like we're in this. Look at what I can do. Look at how I can move. Look at the strength that I have. Oh my God, I can hold a plank for five minutes. Are you effing kidding me? I can do a jumping jack for six minutes. I, I can do this arm lift thing. She's making me do this crazy breath work with like an arm signal and a gesture. <laughs> like I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. Wow. And then little by little, as you're practicing all these things, as you have these touch points of meditation, as you have these moments of like really dropping into like, oh, not so bad in here okay I, i i have what i need i can rely on myself i can use my inner compass to guide me here för jag tror att just det här att när man är i den här situationen när man känner att man inte har någonting att greppa efter mm. längre väldigt många av oss som lyssnar på den här podden har ju hamnat där jag känner själv igen mm. det väldigt mycket alla har ju sina olika mm-hmm. triggers som får en att hamna där men hur ska man tänka? I think one of the things that helps is that helps is to know that we're all in it. Oh. We've all had it. We are all struggling. We're all suffering. But we don't have to add to our suffering by bringing all of our own bullshit into the moment, right? Um, and that's one of the things that I like in the practice actually is to take that moment and be like, okay, this is your impulse to react and have this feeling. Ride through the feeling. Uh, Pema Chodron, who's this wonderful Buddhist monk, um, talks about if we could just allow our emotions, it would take 90 seconds. But none of us want to allow the emotion. None of us want to feel sad. None of us want to feel bad. We want to push it away. We want to disengage. We want to hop on our phone. We want to have a glass of wine. We want to like just, don't deal with it. I want it away. But if we could let it sit, if we could like see that tsunami wave coming towards us and just be like, okay, it's going to hurt like hell. Bring it on. 90 seconds and then it would pass through you and it would go away because things and i think i said that in class today things come together things fall apart oh. come, things come together again that's from her mm. um the other funny thing is not funny but when you said we are all looking for something to hold on to i remember there was one morning um in this year when i was then in sweden and going through this divorce process 
where I thought I was like losing it completely. I was in a dark, dark abyss. I couldn't get out of bed. I was, I didn't even have tears left to grieve. I just was down and done and in the black hole and just like, oh, exhausted. And I remember holding on. I actually went and slept in my son's bed and I was, he has these little railings on his bed and I went and held on and clutched at one of the railings and was like, okay, I have to ground myself in this. And all I can manage to do right now of my practice, and I put practice in quotation marks, is to breathe. Like Mm. inhale in, exhale out. Inhale in, exhale out. And that was all that I could manage to do that day. And that is the most essential practice, is just remembering this is your breath, that you are alive, this is you. Like breathing, okay, breathing, okay. Mm. Don't, you know, don't let yourself go darker down the hole like hold on to yourself right here in this moment and, and see if it can pass and it will pass. It always passes. Mm. And the next morning you're like, okay, maybe today I can do a couple of movements on my yoga mat. I'm exhausted in my body. Maybe I can just lie and stretch for a little bit. Maybe I can go for a walk in the sunshine. Maybe I can go and eat a grapefruit or something that's going to like give me a little energy, mm. you know, something to like wake up the senses and then little by little, you start building, you start building, you start reaching out to the people in your life. You feel, you allow that support. You allow love. You allow people to help you. Because we're also really bad at that. We're like, no, no, we're fine. We don't need anything. Everything's good here. No need to look. But really, if we could open ourselves up to like the fact that people want to come and help you, they want to be there for you. They want to support you. Men det är också helt otroligt vilken förmåga vi människor har att resa oss. Yes. It's amazing. We have such resilience and we have such endurance and we have such determination. Mm. Unfortunately, I also think it comes down to choice. Absolutely. We we have such power to choose. Absolutely. And that doesn't mean choosing like, oh, I'm going to completely disconnect, disengage and not feel what I feel and like allow all of these traumatic things to happen and not process them. Then you don't heal. But if you are allow yourself to process through them, allow yourself to work through them, allow yourself to feel them, allow yourself then to have that heal, and then that scar is going to be there, but you can move on from it. And hopefully come to a place, and this sounds so freaking hippy-dippy, but like, it's all based on love. It's all based on openness. Like, there's so much out there, and we're so want to like limit ourselves and put ourselves in these little boxes of like, well, it was supposed to be this way or it was supposed to be that way or I thought it was going to. Well, none of that is real. Oh. It's all a construct. Mm. It's all an illusion. Men vad har varit insikter du har fått senaste året? För det låter ju som att senaste året eller sen, liksom, sen du flyttade tillbaka har varit då du verkligen har fått prövats. Mm. I din, yeah. liksom... Eh, i, I allt, tänker jag. Alla dina sammanhang. Eh, 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 vad, vad har varit liksom dina största insikter? It really is your ability to choose. You know, mm. I could sit here and continue to be really upset with my ex-husband that mm. he left, that this isn't the life that I signed up for, that this isn't where it, what it was supposed to be like. Um, that I don't have a choice to move back to New York, that that choice is taken from me and be really bitter and resentful and angry and cause problems with him and cause frustrations for everyone in my life and, and just like hold on to it. Or I can choose to say, okay, that wasn't my path. 
it happened for me for a reason. Look at how much I can evolve and grow oh. and shift out of that. And now I'm so proud to say he and I just went on vacation with our kids to Costa Rica in December because we wanted to keep doing that for our kids. Oh. We want to keep showing up and we want to show them that like life and abundance and love and whatever you choose to make out of it, it's, it's all available to you. Mm-hmm. So choose. Choose where you want to direct your energy. Choose what you want to wake up and believe. Choose the illusion you are going to want to hold on to. Know that things are going to take hard work. Know that you know everything is hard. So choose your hard. Um, har du um, har du för du berättat att har du haft många olika praktiker eh, men har du liksom sökt vägledning har du behövt liksom har du har du liksom har du velat ta svar på så här, varför Yes, I mean I've gone to an Akashic reading record mm. or Akashic record reading, excuse mm. me. I've been to um, a medium, mm. two mediums. Um, and what's always interesting is it doesn't really matter what they say, right? What matters is what I'm taking out of what they say, yeah. Because that's what's really representing what my interests are and what direction I wanted to go in. Yeah. And so when I can kind of peel off those layers and say like, oh, I was really hoping they were going to tell me this. Okay, well, why? Where, yeah. where is that direction coming from? What, am, what or when they say something really fabulous is going to happen? It's like, okay, great. Well, I guess I need to create a little hope in my life that it can end up being really abundant. That mm-hmm. it could, I could end up feeling in love again. That I could end up doing all mm-hmm. of these things. Okay, well, clearly that's what I want. Let's let's position our life. Let's clear a little energy and create a little opening space to allow those things to come in. Um, because what they say doesn't really matter. Maybe I mean, who knows? I I do believe that there is an infinite amount of things that are happening out there absolutely. that we just don't have the knowledge for yet. Mm. I mean, there are aliens and UFOs. Yeah, like, oh yeah, gosh, you know, I think the veil is really thin between this world and our spiritual world. And I think there is so many signs and we have har to be känt, open to it. Can you känna, you känt dig mer connected yeah. till andra or liksom yeah. Vader? Yeah. Mm. I call it to source, right? Mm. I feel very connected to source. Mm. I feel very connected in... When we walk into a practice room and we all get down to practice, there are there are little things that kind of get downloaded or that come to me that I then just say. Det är fantastiskt. Oh. And I don't really know, you know, why. Man hör ju att det är ett flöde. Yeah, it's mm. just kind of coming through. Mm. And then when we're done with it and someone's like, what did you say about that thing? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't mm. remember. But someone will often come up to me and say, like, I'm dealing with that exact same thing. And those words that you said really helped. Oh. And then you're just like, oh, my God, okay. Thank you. Mm. you know, so it's just yeah. Och um, kan du idag förstå varför allting händer? Oh. Absolutely. I think everything happens for a reason if and it's your choice whether you want to like stick in the grime or evolve from it. But I think all of it is meant to bring you to your higher purpose, to your higher self, to a place where you can give back. I mean, you want to bring purpose to the pain and I think sharing our stories for each other is so important too to show that like we're all going through something. This is humanity. Like this is we don't have anything to be ashamed about or hide. The more open we can be about our feelings, the more we can share, the more we can accept, the less judgmental we can be of ourselves and of others, less critical we can be. Mm. Um 
you know, I think most of us just want to live with a little more ease in our lives, especially after this year when everything has been so tumultuous mm-hmm. and hopefully has allowed a lot of people to kind of have a pause in their every day to say, okay, what is it really that's driving me? What is it really that I want to wake up for in the morning? What is the thing that's going to give me meaning and make my life feel meaningful? Um, and it's not to, for all of us to go sit under a tree and like, you know, sit like silent meditation for four years. We need to show up for our jobs. We need to show up for the people in our lives. We need to show up and do the things we want to do and to manifest whatever it is we want to manifest and create whatever it is that we're meant to create. Um, so I think that's part of the beauty of it. Mm. Och um, 2021 uh, kallas energimässigt för the year of rebirth. Mm. Jag vet inte om du har hört det. Mm-hmm. I've heard it here. Ja. <laughs> Among uh, other places. Uh, mm. uh, vad tror du att det innebär för dig? I mean, I feel like we've gone through the birthing process, right? It's been uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, And now is that beautiful part where you kind of get to see it all happen. I mean, we are sitting here recording this at LAM, Mm. and I'll be teaching there a couple days uh, every other week when I'm here. Um, I have a pop-up class at Remedy, which is a beautiful studio uh, on Atelier Gatan. I'll be doing a lot more catering and cooking and sharing my passion for food mm. um, and my viewpoint of holistic eating that's mm. more in balance with what we women, you know, we women are hungry. Like, we want to eat, we want to take life and live it with passion, like gusto. Mm. Um, so I want to share more of that. And... It was funny because I was actually speaking with somebody earlier today and I feel like for the first time ever in my life, my life is not in crisis. Mm -hmm. I feel stable and strong and that love is all around us, that there is so much support, that there is so much connection. And I want to lend support to whoever is out there wanting to do the next thing for themselves and their lives. And in any way that I can support them to make Mm -hmm. them feel stronger and more empowered and know that they have everything they need within themselves that they just need to unlock it. They just need to get unblocked. They just need to just open up their eyes, the aperture of the lens to see that like everything is possible. It really mm. is. Ja, oh. så fint. <laughs> det kändes som att du sammanfattade lite 2021 i. För att det är min uppfattning både utifrån min egen personliga mm-hmm. resa de senaste månaderna men också det jag hör mycket i vår community mm. att man liksom tvingas eller får möjligheten nu att uppleva att så här, oj allting är så mycket det finns så mycket mer möjligheter kanske om man förlorat ett jobb mm. och blir liksom tvingas nu att hitta något annat mm. eller att man har jobbat hemma och pandemin har gjort att du har börjat inse att det finns mycket annat och att du eller att det händer personliga saker mm. i livet som gör att du tvingas liksom ändra perspektiv och det är väldigt mycket av det mm-hmm. uh, just like nu you feel like the energy mm. it's like crackling it's ah. just like mm, gud vad spännande like och att du sitter just... här på den här platsen som både skapad av Lindsay och Julia mm. som har haft den uh, intentionen men också alla som man träffar här mm. som har precis som är i det här skiftet att man bara oj men jag ska göra det här och det var spännande och det finns mitt liv är så himla rikt och det finns så mycket möjligheter och and that energy mm. has such momentum to it right mm. and then you get like two people together and they connect and then they create something ja. there's just 
I think we are meant on this world to create. That's Absolutely. what humanity has been doing since the beginning of time. And whatever that means, you know, if it's art or poetry or dance or a new technological whatever or a new vaccine, whatever it is, I, we are on this planet to create and have that sort of carry us through. Mm. Uh, so it's so exciting to see what people are going to end up doing. Det är fantastiskt. Det är så inspirerande. Ja, otroligt. Men hur mår din son idag? Oh, he's amazing. Mm. He is such a little fireball of energy and he's mm. hilarious. And he said to me the other day, he goes, mamma, you know, he's six mm. and he has a little friend named Santi. And he's like, mamma, om inte jag hade träffat Santi hade hela mitt liv varit annorlunda. <laughs> Um, and then he asked me if elephants had feelings. I mean, he is oh. this little spiritual being. He's incredibly insightful. He's wow. very connected. He has a very high threshold for pain. He goes mm. through a lot of things. He's really adventurous. And he brings so much laughter and joy into our family. He's just amazing. And to see his relationship with my older son mm. um, is such a beautiful thing because my older son is very protective of him and oh. very caretaking. Um Yeah. Yeah, they're cool. Mm. They're so fun. <laughs> oh, vad intressant. Mm. Gud, men vi är um, så glada att du bor här i Sverige. Thank you. Att du är här och sprider din kunskap. Det är så uppenbart att du deklarar att du är här av en anledning. Mm. If there's any, you know, anybody who can step in and have this be inspired and an inspiration for them to be like, oh, I'm curious about Kundalini yoga or I'm curious mm-hmm. about this or I'm curious about that or what was she saying about the, mm-hmm. the crystals or, you know, whatever oh. it is that helps people, you know, get a foothold mm-hmm. into this infinite world that we have to make ourselves feel better and mm-hmm. be stronger and more connected. Um, yeah. Men hur kan man hitta mer information om dig? Oh, Uh, I love Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. So at the practice underscore SE mm-hmm. for Sweden. Um, and then I'm at Lamb. I'm at Hagabad at the Boy. Mm-hmm. I pop up at Remedy. I'm starting a little digital class during the summer. It's mm, okay. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. We'll see how that goes. Oh, um, mm-hmm. We talked a lot about that today. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Instagram is probably mm-hmm. the best place. Yeah. Och vi kommer ju tagga dig såklart på vår Instagram. Så du kan ju bara gå in. Man kan ju bara gå in där. Yeah, thank you. Tusen tack Camilla att du kom och gästade på det. It's so fun. You're amazing. Vi <laughs> kan talk for hours. <laughs> jag, bara, jag, inte, jag kollade för första gången precis vad, hur länge vi hade pratat. Jag hade ingen aning. Okej, okay, tusen tack.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.